Bobby for Horror is my favorite podcast. And I'm Uncle Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment, along with my good friend, Handy Capable Toxie. And uh, we, we, you know, we can't wait for the next episode. Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Not too bad. You know what this episode has? What? Nards. It does have nards. <laughs> Do you know what else has nards? What? Wolfman. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't get it by that, we're covering the Monster Squad this uh, episode from 1987. Yeah, it's a fun time, isn't it? Yeah, it's always this is one that I saw later in life. I only saw it like a few years ago, but I knew of like the Wolfman's Got Nards line. Like you knew some of like the little tropes from this movie. If you're involved, like if you just follow at least two or three accounts that will occasionally tweet about horror, you've probably heard Wolfman's Got Nards referenced. Oh yeah, and it's just this is all around. It's this movie definitely has its flaws and it's like it's kind of doing that goonies thing or like the stand by me or like even now you would say like stranger things but it does it in a kind of different way but i it doesn't work all the time but i find it to be fun i think it falls into the 80s tropes and i'd actually exclude stranger things because from this i'd separate them quite further because i get what you mean in the sense of yeah all the kids do and all the stuff yeah i get that but like I'm even talking the montages of all the character archetypes and <laughs> yeah. the and just everything about this is and this is gonna sound like I don't like this movie when I say this, so I just get this out. It doesn't work well, the eighties generic stuff doesn't work well. But what works well is the other stuff, so it's like a clash of two movies in my head when I watch this. Yeah, I kind of get what you're what you're talking about. Another, it's just another movie of like kids on bikes going to go around and solve a mystery. Yeah, and not a good one of those movies, but it's good on the other side of the movie. If it yeah. focused too much on the kids, which it maybe it does, it's not that great. But when the kids are doing the exciting stuff, when some monsters come in, everything like that, then it gets really good. So it's it's a very mixed bag for me. This one. Yeah, and, like, the group dynamic's really weird. You got, like, a five-year-old girl, I would think, like, a five-year-old boy, then, like, a three or, like, a couple of them are, like, 12, and then there's, like, the older kid that I'm guessing is, like, 14. I was guessing 14 or 15, yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, from, like, 5 to 15 is this, like, group of friends. It's really weird. And you know what? I can't tell the difference between most of them. (laughs) No, not anymore. The only reason I could tell that, like, the older kid was older is because they mentioned it and they gave him a leather jacket and and a cigarette didn't they yeah and they yeah he can smoke and whatnot yeah that's what i mean but like the three like main crew i'm like i can't tell which of you is which half the time and honestly the little girl ends up being almost one of the more badass ones yeah the little girl gets weird at the end <laughs> we'll get it okay yeah. let's kick this off this is monster squad like you said from 1987 uh, PG-13, directed by Fred Decker, written by Shane Black and Fred Decker. Oh, wow. This is PG-13? 
Yeah, it's PG thirteen. I oh, think wow. there was no real swearing in it. Like at least anything bad there there was the no end. like at the end, like you were saying, it gets a little weird with Dracula and the little girl, but Yeah. And then there's I mean there is swearing, but nothing bad. There's not gore really or anything like that. So yeah, I can see this getting yeah. a solid PG thirteen. So yeah, you wanna get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Alright, so we get this opening crawl kind of as like a hundred years ago Van Helsing tried to rid the world of vampires for good. And like this real like looks like it's gonna be very serious and then at the end it just goes, They blew it. Which immediately, like the first time I watched this, I was like, Oh, okay, I kind of already know what kind of movie I'm in for. And it's like I love it's just like, yeah, it's the big fancy crawl of like the fancy letters and it's like red letters on a back black ground, so it's like all very gothic horror. And you're like, oh, okay, like, this is serious. This is like, they're going back to, like, classic Universal. And then it's like, they blew it. And it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it sets up the tone right away. We get our opening credits over Dracula's castle, and I already have questions. Okay. Where is this Dracula's castle? Yeah, that's what I was also trying to kind of wonder of, like, how did the amulet end up in America? The biggest thing, I'm like, why are there armadillos in the castle? Oh, yeah, that's, or I also love how, like, they keep the thing of, like, the bug, like, the bugs, like, come out of the casket when they open it, it's, like, the first, uh, it's, like, Dracula from 31, when, like, the tiny little bug has its own tiny little casket. Yeah, it's, it's something. <laughs> yeah, but I saw the armadillos as well, and I was like, what is this? Is this in, like, the desert? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I could be wrong, I don't think there's armadillos in Transylvania. I would guess not. I don't think... I think they're a, like, warm-weather animal. Yeah, I think they're, like, indigenous to North America, too. And they're not creepy. Like, they're running around the uh, castle basement. They're actually kind of cute when you see them up close. Yeah, it does, like, the opposite of a scary tone. Like, like oh, I'll look at him. I just want to see him roll around in his little hard shell. Yeah, it's like, oh, my... It's like if they were, like, frogs, and they're trying to be scary, and I'm just like, oh, look at all the frogs. <laughs> we have this group of, of townsfolk led by Van Helsing storming the castle. Like, they get in, they stake a vampire lady right away and kill her with a crossbow with that. This young girl starts reading a scroll at this shiny gem there. Are you following? Because I was not. Here, no. So far, you're like, okay, things are just happening. Yeah, and I also love Van Helsing. He's like, he's like a Halloween five, like Doctor Loomis level of crazy immediately. Oh yeah, he he's you could tell he's been like tortured by this. This is his life's work. Oh, he's gone completely insane at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yelling at the girl to read it faster and stuff like that. Again, we've talked about this in other movies. Evil Dead Two jumps to mind. If you're worried someone's reading like some ancient text not fast enough, don't yell at them to read it faster. Yeah, because they're going to not remember Nikto. Yeah, exactly. Lightning strikes the castle, and, like, zombies, am I right, start emerging from the ground? Yeah, zom like, zombies, like, half-zombie, half-skeleton type things, yeah. Yeah, and then a black hole opens and sucks everyone inside of it. Including the poor girl that, you know, just got dragged there by Van Helsing from the village, and while he's, like, running around the streets like a madman screaming, I need a virgin! <laughs> Which I don't think we'd know yet. It makes no. more sense later, but I was really confused by her role in this whole thing and everything at the beginning. 
Yeah, but immediately, I'm like, oh my god, I feel so bad for her, because she gets sucked up, like, immediately. No one told her, like, hey, when this thing opens, run away from it, or, like, no one grabbed her away from it. They're just like, okay, that's just a casualty. Yeah. (laughs) Then we get cuts to present day, and these two boys, Sean and Patrick, who I guess if we narrowed it down to the two mains, it would be them. They're being lectured by their principal for not paying attention in class. He's going over their drawings, and we hear about Monster Club and all that stuff. He's like, you need to be paying attention in class. Science is real. Monsters are not. Yeah, and I love, like, their um, weird creature they drew. It's like man-spider or something. It's like a spider with the head of a man, and then they go, he starts going into, like, yeah, and it eats cats and dogs. And <laughs> Do you find these kids' obsession with the monsters a little off-putting? Like, we love this. We talk about it multiple times a week, but we're not <laughs> like this. Well, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think back to when I was 12 and the things I was obsessed with. And a lot of it was still, like, Friday the 13th and whatnot. And I would go on and on about it. But, yeah, these kids are, like, they're, like, way over the top of, like, their parents. If it was, like, real life, their parents would be like, okay, we're going to take a break from the monsters for a while because that's all you talk about. Yeah, they're they're a little over the top with it. After that, we cut to these bullies picking on Horace, who is, by the way, they are just cruel to Horace. Kids who don't like him and his friends just refer to him as fat kid yeah even his friends refer to him as fat kid like because the bullies are picking on him calling him fat kid and stuff then his friends like save him and they're like we got your back fat kid it's like god damn it yeah they're just awful to him but but he's being picked on by these two bullies and then he's saved by rudy right i forget which one he's saved by but yeah he's saved by one of them no rudy the cool kid the older one with the leather jacket and everything yeah, yes. Buzz Buzz. Yeah, Buzz Buzz saves him. <laughs> this is his, this is Buzz Buzz when he was uh in like middle school. <laughs> that makes sense, honestly. But they threw his candy bar down on the ground and everything, and the anti-bully Rudy makes the bullies then eat it. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Ew!" It's like that old school thing for like I remember back in the day, like you dare someone to eat a worm. And you're like, no, it'd be really awesome. And then they do it. And then you're immediately like, ew, you're disgusting. And then we cut to Sean and Patrick walking home. And they're arguing about Wolfman driving and why he wears pants and all this kind of stuff. And you cannot say Sean Patrick because I just immediately go to Sean Patrick. <laughs> and it's Wolf <laughs> as well. I didn't even realize that, but yeah, Sean and Pat. We'll say Patrick and Sean from now on. There you go. We'll do I'm that. Just, I'm just going to think about telling Steve, Dave, if you do that. They're walking home and they're arguing about Wolfman driving and wearing pants. And this is the term that I think has fallen out of use when describing a penis. They're like, he wears pants so you can't see his wolf dork. Yeah, I heard dork referred to as like a schlong. And I'm just like, oh, that's really funny. Like, I want to bring that back. Yeah, I don't know how we can make that work, but we need to get on that. And they're standing outside who is referred to as the scary German guy's house. Yeah, and I love his character never gets a name. No, he's just scary. Does he ever introduce himself? No, even like I'm looking at Letterboxd right now. He is billed as scary German guy. Oh, okay. You know what's funny? He's not even German in real life. No. But yeah, like you see him looking through the windows and this is one of those kids movie tropes i was talking about with the scary neighbor you know is going to turn out to be a pretty nice person at the end yeah being like oh yes i wasn't so scary was i 
<laughs> Would you like some more pie? <laughs> oh, I love the pie scene. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, they're in the clubhouse, and Horace says he wants Rudy in the Monster Club because he saved him and everything. Right, and we find out that uh, Rudy really just wants in the Monster Club so he can look out the window across the street and peer at ladies through the window. Oh, yeah, it's the one sister. I don't know if it's Patrick or Sean or what. Yeah, one of them. Um, yeah, I love how, like, even throughout, like, at first he's just, like, looking out the window, and then as the movie goes on, like, he, like, has a camera set up. Yeah. It's really, it's like one of those 80s things where, like, in the 80s they're like, oh, those darn kids like oh they're up to tricks now it's like you're going to prison <laughs> yeah it's like oh look at these little sex criminals back in the 80s it's it's really weird i know we brought it up before how it's just oh yeah that's fine in these old movies like oh it's it's, it's like oh kids will be kids <laughs> yeah that it's fucked it's fucked but whatever yeah. We cut to this World War II plane, Brett. Why are they flying like what looks like the Red Baron was taking down? And it's not even like it's not mentioned. The pilots mention that they're flying a World War II bomber. You know what I think it is? It's because they have that scene where the cargo like hatch opens and everything. I think yeah. they just needed a plane that had that, and that's why. Oh, yeah. How? Where are they taking these bodies to? Did Dracula just like make up a fake? like packing slip to like ship them or yeah you know and it's funny too because dracula is transported here out of dracula times he adapts very well to everything oh yeah he's driving cars like he's like working with electricity you know yeah he, he gets it right away it's like oh, okay this all makes sense but these they're flying they hear a noise in the back the pilot and co-pilot the one goes back to check it out and you see that they're flying a cadaver a.k.a. it's Frankenstein's monster in a box. But he goes right. back there and a bat scares him. Yeah, and immediately I'd be like, okay, fuck. In best case scenario, you're only trapped on this plane with a bat, which is still scary. Yeah. And then he's punched in the face by Dracula. And, of course, he sees a guy who was not supposed to be on the plane who just punched him. And his first move is, pull the lever! Yeah, and it's a pretty cool scene. Well, this where is uh where the Frankenstein's monster, like, falls out of the plane, right? And this is when he's yeah. in the swamp. The casket drops, and Dracula just floats there for a minute and looks at him, then morphs back into the bat and flies out after the body. Yeah, and then the pilot does something I would never, ever do, where he, like, goes to the edge of the plane and is, like, peering out over, like, the, just the sky. It's like, you're so high up. If the, wrong, if the plane shifts wrong, you're going to fall out of that hatch. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put a quick scene of Dracula pulling him out of the plane right there. That would have been good. We cut to the clubhouse, and the monster club has decided to quiz Rudy to let to maybe let him join. Yeah, and it's like the most basic, basic like questions that they ask. It's like, uh, how do you kill a vampire? It's like, uh, a shotgun. You know, it's like, what do you think? Yeah, well, they say, how do you kill a werewolf? They say silver bullet, and they go, and? And none of them know it, anything other than that. I, I believe the other way is Wolfsbane, isn't it? It, Yep, Wolfsbane. Yeah. And then they say, is Frankenstein the name of the monster or the guy who made him? It's the guy who made him is Frankenstein. Now, that being said, look, people, I know. We, me, Brett knows, too. For the rest of the movie, with how much I have to mention Frankenstein, I'm not going to say Frankenstein's monster every time. You get what I mean if I say Frankenstein. You're the real monster, Greg. 
I'm not doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> the Frankenstein's created monster. No, for all the intents and purposes, I will say by Frankenstein. Is yeah, how I will say should... Frankenstein or Frank. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they do call him Frank as well. Yes. So that's what you're getting. After that, Sean's mom gets him this Van Helsing book from a yard sale, but it's all in German. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> It's so happenstance from like all this movie. Like, yeah, her his mom is like randomly like, "Oh, I got you this German Van Helsing book." Just so happens to be the original one, and they just so happen to live in the town where this amulet is. Yeah, it's not even a book. It's literally his journal. So, it, how do they even know it's a Van Helsing book when it's all in German and it's a journal? There's not a cover on it like Van Helsing by blank, and then it happens to be in German. You bought an old journal that said the word Van Helsing something in it, in a different language that your son can understand. Like, here you go. It's like, oh yeah, thanks mom, a book I can't use. Yeah, and it's it's so like, oh, that's quite the coincidence, like way too much that I can't stand it. And then the mom goes, isn't he the one who's, doesn't she confuse Van Helsing and Godzilla next? Yeah, where is that? Is, um, is that the fire-breathing one? And it's like, no. Oh, is that the one that fights uh, Godzilla? Yeah. I'm sorry, but everyone knows who Godzilla is. Your great-grandma knows what Godzilla is. Your newborn infant knows who Godzilla is. No one's mistaking Godzilla and Van Helsing. No, it's like, oh, uh, Godzilla, Van Helsing. No, Van Helsing is not King Ghidorah, you know? To the point when people see a giant walking monster, a general term for it is just Godzilla. Like, people right. who aren't in, like, yeah, come on. But, but anyway, and then it cuts to Dracula overlooking the city, which is a really cool shot, seeing him look at this, like, really modern world, and he says, let it begin. Yeah, which I guess their just main goal for this movie is like, we're going to take over the world! And then it's like, okay, then what? Then evil rules and not good, I guess. Yeah, but Dracula can't eliminate all the people, because then what's he going to eat? I have no idea. It's not made clear. It's evil will win. It's yeah. the most simple, if you win, good wins. If you lose, bad wins scenario. Yeah. I got to talk about this next one, because... It took me by surprise for a minute, and then I did some time thinking, and I got it. Because Sean's talking to his dad about wanting to go see Groundhog's Day 12 at the drive-in tonight. Yes. Do you know how confused I am when they're talking about Groundhog's Day 12, and he always comes back, they can kill him, blow him up, which kind of lines up with Groundhog's Day. But And then I realized, oh, this is before Groundhog's Day came out. Yeah, where the every, uh, every time I watch this movie, that always catches me by surprise. I'm like, this is supposed to be a horror movie. Why are they talking about, like, a Bill Murray Groundhog's Day movie? That's like, oh, this is, like, their take on, like, Friday the 13th. Yeah, they're, it's, like, poking fun at slashers, but I got it, like, I like the world where not only did Groundhog's Day get a sequel, it got 11 sequels. And now he's, like, evil. Yeah, like, it's a, it's a slasher movie with Bill Murray Groundhog's Day 12. Well, I love how, like, the, the dad the dad and the mom are, what, going to marriage counseling? Yes, the dad's okay. a cop, we should say. Yes, and that's why, and they need um the kid to watch the little girl and babysit. That's why he can't go see Groundhog's Day 12. And I love how the dad, he's like, oh, well, they could chop him up into a million pieces, throw his head in a blender and shoot that into space. And they'd still come back from the grave. The kid goes, uh, oh, yeah, that was in part seven. <laughs> I like that they 
the chop them, send them into space, because that's what all slashers were pretty much doing by now. Yeah. Well, not yet. Coming soon, but yeah. And honestly, as far as, like, 80s dads go, a lot of the 80s movies' dads are pretty terrible. Even though his marriage isn't great, he seems to be good with his kid. Yeah, and I gotta say, look, he's not wrong, because when they're about to go to counseling, he gets a call that he has to go down to the station, like there's something going on. And the wife's all mad, and I'm kind of on dad's side here, like, you did marry a cop. He is going to get called in, planning things are going to be difficult. You realize this, I'm assuming. Because he doesn't make it seem like he became a cop after they're married, he goes, you married a cop. Like, yeah, this is kind of par for the course. Yeah, what's he supposed to do? Be like, I'm sorry, uh, fellow officers. I can't come in to work today to help you. My wife is mad at me. Yeah, exactly. Then it cuts to this werewolf guy. Well, not werewolf guy. This just guy at the police station. He's fighting cops and yelling, Lock me up! Like, because he's saying he's a werewolf. Fun fact, do you know who this is? No. This is Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. No shit. Yeah, his Wolfman in the Monster Squad. That is awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that until just this time when I was looking some stuff up on the movie. Like, that you stumble upon just when I'm looking up dates and things like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's fucking awesome. That's all. Yo, fuck yeah. I love Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. But he's yelled, lock me up. He takes one of the cop's guns during the scuffle and shoots it in the air yelling, lock me up. And he's just shot and killed on the spot. Yeah, I love how he, uh, he's throwing cops through windows. He's like, he's you could tell he's like superhuman strength, you know? Yeah. So I have a question. Is this Wolfman from modern day? Like, that's awakened, kind of? Or, I don't think he was sent through the wormhole, was he? I don't know. Well, because Wolfman, the Wolfman cannot die in any way, so he is immortal. So it could be the old school one from, like, the original time with these other ones as well. But he's just grown up through time. He wasn't transported. Maybe? I, I don't think they thought of it, to be honest. Because I don't know, like, even why he shows up, because... I, I'm guessing Dracula probably summoned them all together, maybe? Yeah, but human Wolfman seems to hate Dracula. Wolfman Wolfman likes him. Oh, yeah, because when uh, Wolfman is human, uh, Dracula has to, like, drug him and tie him to a chair. I don't know why we're thinking of it this much, because I'm pretty sure they didn't. No. They they went, let's get all the Universal Monsters together and do a Goonies ripoff. How? Who the fuck cares? Just do it. Just fucking do it. Just... <laughs> Just do it, man. <laughs> and then we catch the cops at the museum, and the mummy is missing. This you're like you tell me this two thousand year old mummy just <laughs> up and left. I like that the cops are like not believing it. Yeah, they're being very jokey and whatnot. Like, it's both of them are like they're not like extreme comic relief, like the cops from like Halloween Five, but they are very jokey with like these people and like very like we're not really taking it seriously. <laughs> Then we cut to the guy who's driving the corpse of the guy who was shot in the police station up to the morgue, and you see the full moon, and he turns into a wolfman and kills the driver and crashes the van. Yeah, and I love the little um thing they added where, like, when he's transforming into wolfman, like, his feet break through his shoes. I do like that a lot. I like when werewolf movies do that. I also like that... Once the wolfman transforms into the wolf and then back into the person, he doesn't automatically, like, magically have, like, perfect clothes again. He's still just running around in his tattered clothes. Yeah, I always like that. Any, like, transforming thing, like, looking at 
Wolfman or like even the Incredible Hulk or something like that. I like when they keep that accuracy like that. Yeah. Then we get this like kind of really cool scene, like just touching family thing. It's Sean and his dad eating fast food on the roof, watching the drive-in from their house, like that they can see with binoculars. Yeah, holy shit, how awesome would that be if you could just go onto your roof, set up a radio, and like, okay, yeah, you gotta use binoculars because it's a little bit far away. But just to have free movies. I'll tell you what, the drive-in by where I live locally, the house right next to it is for sale right now, and I really Ooh. want it for this specific reason. Yes, and you're like, you're you're like, Anna, I need my podcast room to be this room. It's the window facing it, so you can just sit in your room and look out the window and watch yeah, movies. Yeah, cool, that'd be just like what they're doing. Just sit on your rooftop and watch every movie that comes out. And just eat cheeseburgers. Exactly. But that, that's a side note. That's all that really goes on for that. Um, then we cut to Wolfman, Mummy, and Dracula are all meeting up at this random swamp that pops up from time to time. Yeah, and it's like sometimes it uh, it looks like it's like kind of behind the Monster Squad clubhouse. Yeah, and other times it's far, far away by where Dracula lives. It, yeah, the, it's just where they need it to be. Yeah, it's a it's a ginormous swamp that this town is built on. It's a terrible de- it's a terrible design. <laughs> and Dracula summons the casket out from the swamp, but then Gilman, the creature from the Black Lagoon, throws it onto the shore. Yeah, once again, he just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, he's not explained either. Has he just been chilling, waiting for Dracula to show up? He's just swimming circles in that swamp, like, eating tadpoles. I guess so. Dracula opens up the casket and, like, has this cane that turns into a lightning rod that wakes up Frankenstein. Again, the monster. I'm not gonna say it the whole time. (laughs) He wakes up the monster, and then all of the monsters stand around kind of laughing together. It's almost like a little bit of a callback to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein when Dracula awakens Frankenstein with his ring. Yeah. Kind of like that is what it reminded me of a little bit, at least. I was, like, trying to pretend that they're doing an homage to it. I think it is, honestly. I think that's what it's supposed to be, because I thought that, too. I'm pretty sure that's what they went for, because I'm pretty sure they poured over, like, old movies and stuff like that with all these characters, and they pulled from different ones. Yeah, and but like you said, they all just stand around like, they're like just gyrating for a moment. Like evil villain laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the wolfman turns to the gillman and they both laugh and then it turns to the mummy and the mummy's doing his laugh. And it's like, what are they doing? This should have been cut. I don't know, because I think it's the most iconic shot in the movie, though, too. Oh, mine would be later. Oh, I'm interested to hear what yours will be then. Yeah. What do you think of this gillman here? Uh, amazing design, but easily taken down. Yeah, he goes out the quickest out of all of them, but I really like the look of it a lot, to be honest. I think it's it's just awesome. I, I love his little tail. Yeah. I was going to say it reminds me of Predator, but actually it's the same special effects crew, so that makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay. I, it could just be like a reused Predator like head or something. Yeah, because I'm like, you know what, it looks a lot like it. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's the same SFX crew. That makes total sense. Yeah, they're like, uh, just paint it a different color. Yeah, I, I like that when you can pick out not just actors and stuff like costume designs or like gore effects that you can tell remind you of something. And it turns out to be the same thing. Well, yeah, well, that's like, the, I love the little fun fact of like the laboratory scene in the original Frankenstein, like all that equipment that they use. They yeah. use for like 
decades and decades in Hollywood up until like they even used the same lab equipment for Young Frankenstein. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they but at that time, once Young Frankenstein came around, Universal knew what they had and they're like, "Oh, this is actually really important." So that's when they started charging the big bucks to use it. But before that, it was like thrown in like the prop bin and it's just like, "Oh, here's some scraps. We can throw this in a movie every once in a while." And they didn't care until they got to like, "Oh, it's like if you're like digging through like an old box and you're like, oh shit, I found this comic book I forgot I had. Yeah, it makes sense that they do that. But it is funny. A lot of those old props are lost because they were just not cared about at all and just thrown away pretty much. Oh, yeah. Even uh, as soon as like the late 80s and whatnot with like, look at Friday the 13th Part 7 where there's all these deleted scenes that we will never see because they just got rid of them. Yeah, uh, there'll never be a thing called Blu-ray and director's cuts. We never need special features for a thing called a DVD. Yeah. Okay, so next we cut back to the house again. And what is this fucking scene? Because I thought it was a big setup. That's why I wrote it down, because it seems like an easy setup. Where it's Sean's sister being tucked in and given the candle to protect against evil and bad things and all that. Right. Never comes up again. In a movie where there's monsters terrorizing children, they're not even going to mention the candle? Oh, well, it does come back later, Greg. Does it? Real quick, really, really quick at the yeah, very end. Yeah, jump ahead, tell me, yeah. Re- real quick at the very end, when Dracula, like, crashes the hearse into the fence and goes and blows up the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, It cuts to a scene of, like, right before Dracula, like, hits the fence, the mom is in the bedroom, like, packing. And she has a candle lit, and right before Dracula shows up, it blows out. Oh, okay. At least that's something, then. So it was almost like a protection-type thing, I would think. Like, it's like one of those, like, I wonder how many of these things Dracula has to, like, obey. Like, all these little, like, uh, old-school, like, what do you call them, even? I forget. Vampire rules, pretty much? Yeah, but all these, like, weird old-school, like, sayings and whatnot is like, oh, don't step on a crack or you break Dracula's back. Like, if that was a thing, he'd be fucked. <laughs> he'd just be dying all the time. Yeah, just because it's a rhyme someone made up, now he has to, like, adhere to it. Yeah. Also in the house, Sean looks at the fridge and there's a note on the board that they got a call from a Mr. Alucard, who's very interested in the book that he they got at the yard sale. And... What what's Alucard? Uh, Alucard. Uh, let's see. Um, I love how he like uh starts like trying to like decipher it, and he starts being like Luca. Then he's like, no, that's not it. And then he's like, Dr. And then he does Dr. And then he stops and pauses. He's like, oh no, it can't be. It's literally Dracula backwards. Start with that, Sean. Come on, just look yeah. at the word backwards. Who is this other kid? Uh, well, I realize it later, but it's Patrick's brother who's with the squad half the time and then not. So I kept forgetting who these kids were the entire movie. The Wakes little up as, Yes. Eugene. He's For some reason, he's like the only one that I remember his name. <laughs> okay. So Eugene wakes up his dad about a monster in his closet. Dad comes in to check and never actually even looks at the closet. Just opens it and turns around like, oh, monster, go away. And then shuts the door. Yeah, which is really funny because like it's really kind of terrifying and funny at the same time of when the dad opens it up and he's like being all like oh there's a monster get out of here and the fucking mummy's like like with his (laughs) arm stretching out towards like the kid and then he shuts the door and leaves and then the mummy just goes out the window why was the mummy there 
Yeah, exactly. And, but I love, um, it's another thing that makes no sense, but it's a fun scene. And I feel like they just wrote it in there just being like, oh, this will be funny. But yeah, I love how like throughout the entire movie, Eugene just keeps going up to random people and being like, mummy in my room. Yeah, it's, look, and that's not the house where the book is. They seem to have no reason why this mummy is here. And I'm pretty sure, like you said, it's just there to like to play on to that kids are afraid of monsters in the closet. Well, because if we're looking at this, like if it really happened, the mummy snuck into some random little kid's room, went into his closet. The dad comes in, opens the door. The mummy goes, no one sees him. The door slams again. The kid goes back to bed and the mummy goes right back out the window. Yeah. Okay. He's just like, sure. oh, well, maybe he saw the cute little beagle and was like, oh, come here, puppy. <laughs> I do have to mention, I fucking love that beagle. He is so goddamn cute. Uh, yeah, I like the dog. I like that they play. How does the dog keep getting up here yeah. into the clubhouse later? Because my parents have a beagle named Chet. and I uh, know Chet. Oh, yes. And I've just ever since him, I have a soft spot for beagles. And even when I'm driving around and like doing deliveries or something i'll be i'll see a beagle like someone walking their dog and i'll be like oh look at the beagle i, I used to have one I, it was, there it was a good dog yeah um the club meeting and sean's telling all the other kids that the monsters are real because he got a note from mr Aculard and heard about his dad with the werewolf man and a mummy went missing which actually you know what is kind of a logical c- conclusion to come to yeah at this point like he's like yeah i overheard my dad talking about the wolf man there's a guy, like a werewolf at the police station. The mummy's missing. Dracula's calling my mother. Yeah, so I guess, like, I was going to laugh about it, but no, I guess it can make sense. Well, I want to hear that phone conversation between Dracula and his mom being like, yes, I heard that your boy has a special book. If he would have just played, that's mine, actually, I misplaced a long time ago. She probably just would have given it to him right on the spot. Yeah, like, oh yeah, my son can't even read it, and I paid 50 cents for it, so yeah, here you go. Yeah. Dracula then visits the monster in the dungeon room, and he's like old friend and talking nice, but it's almost like he has him locked up, so I don't know the Dracula-Frankenstein monster relationship here, to be honest. Neither do I, because as soon as Frankenstein can, he like runs away and goes to like be friends with the kids, and yeah. helps them all movie. I think it's just a way to get them all there. Yeah, and it's almost like, I wonder if... Uh, maybe like Frankenstein softened over the years or he's almost just like used as muscle because he is extremely strong. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they want him to get the Van Helsing diary from the children. Kill them if you have to. Right. Next, Patrick, Horace and Sean all go to the scary German guy's house for a diary translation. They're very scared. They have to psych themselves up into it. And I love the cut, like, once they're in the house, because it shows just a knife with a red on it, but clearly not blood. It looks like red jelly, but maybe it could yeah. be a bad special effects blood. It's like, time is almost up. Now is your last chance for pie. Like, yes. They just set it up that he's a killer. Yeah, I love that, where he's like, oh, yes, here now here's some nice pie for the nice children. Thank you for coming and visiting the nice old German man. He's so nice to them, like, makes them pie or shares his pie with them and translates this weird book for them and never questions much about it. And I have more thoughts on it as we go, but here's where we get our little bit of exposition. Once every hundred years, forces of good and evil are balanced. The amulet protects from evil and is only vulnerable once every hundred years. But if it's destroyed, evil will rule. 
And the amulet can open a wormhole to swallow evil forever. But tomorrow night is that hundred years. Yeah, I love how, like, the uh, scary German guy, um, he's like, oh, yes, and the date, there's a date here. Oh, it's, it's the date is tomorrow. Like, he's yeah. all, like... I can never tell if he believes it or is just humoring these children. I, at first, he's definitely playing it up just for the kids. Like, he's doing, like, a voice and whatnot, like... So that's just our setup. Now we have a Race Against the Clock movie, and we know everything that's going on. And then, as they're leaving, they're like... Thanks, mister. He's like, I bet you thought I was very scary before. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say to kids. Yeah, where he's like, and uh, I, you probably thought I was Dracula. But as you can tell, and he motions towards the mirror, he's like, I cast a reflection. <laughs> it's just so weird. And then the horse is like, man, you sure know a lot about monsters as they're leaving. It. And he's closing the room. I suppose I do. And then it's just revealed that he's a fucking Holocaust survivor. And look, great, but why? Yeah. What is this? No reason for it to show up in this movie that's supposed to be a comedy. It's never brought up again. And it does there for a minute. You go, oh, that poor guy. Yeah, it really brings down this fun romp of a movie for a minute right there. Like, okay. And it's not like that an evil German, like, Nazi hideaway scientist summoned the monsters. Then I get it, you know, because it would tie in. Right. But no, it's just, okay. But you want to know something cool about this guy? He wasn't German, he was American, so he obviously wasn't a Holocaust survivor, but he did fight in World War II and stormed the beaches of Normandy. So it's kind of cool, like, turnaround for him. This actor? Yeah, the guy who plays the scary German guy. No shit, that's actually awesome. Yeah, so it's a cool, like, little bit of tie to World War II stuff and everything with him. Yeah. And they also need to get a virgin to read the spell. Look, I guess it's just assumed that it's a woman virgin, but they never say that anywhere. And I'm like, where are we going to find a virgin? Where are we going to find? I'm like, in the fucking mirror. Yeah. There's several of you in a tree house right now. The fact that you're in a tree house talking about monsters guarantees you're a virgin. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, that I thought that was going to be a joke, but no, they just act like they need a woman virgin, but they never explain it. No, and I wonder if that's like, was it a piece of dialogue that they almost just forgot to write, do you think? Or or were they just leaning on the stereotype? I don't know. I'm guessing. They're like, make is they're like the doll got neutered before it had sex, make it read it. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I would have loved and hated that if that's what happened. <laughs> Like the dog with his like hand on the book and it's all dramatic and he's like, oof, 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 They go back to the treehouse and Sean's sister Phoebe brings Frank out to them and they're friends, Phoebe and Frank, but they all run and do the most like, this This is the parts that I hated this fucking movie. And I love the other parts, but like the so over the top 80s kids like, oh, and they run like, Five feet back, the one gets in a garbage can, the one hides behind a bush, where he just saw you. I'm like, fuck you! They're like, get under the blanket. Monsters can't get under blankets. <laughs> Look, if you're listening, you're like, why does Greg hate this movie? I promise I don't. I love this movie and hate this movie. Well, we have to, um, what's the little girl's name? Phoebe, is that it, did you say? Yeah. Okay. Um, We missed the part where Phoebe and Frankenstein meet. Because it's the classic from this, the classic meeting of Frankenstein and the little girl from the Boris Karloff one. 
where it's oh yeah we're like in that one he throws her in the lake and kills her and this one luckily he doesn't kill phoebe the side note because i don't think we're touching that anytime soon i think that's the most like one of the most sad moments in horror is when he throws her over but it's not because he's mad but because the flower was beautiful and floated and he wanted to see if she would float because she was beautiful. It, yeah. And like, he just doesn't understand cause he's a monster. I, that, I don't know why that is the most sad scene to me in the world. Look at all Frankenstein has ever really wanted is a friend. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's when Frank, then go back to Frankenstein. He's in the clubhouse and he, I love that Phoebe is like, can I be in the monster squad now? I brought Frankenstein here. <laughs> like, yeah, that should get you in, I'd say. Yeah, at that point, it's like, yeah, you can come in here. Um, is this when, I think it's later when they show Frankenstein the mask of himself, or is that now? Uh, I don't know if that's now or later, but we, we'll, you know, they're in the clubhouse doing it, so we'll just cover it. Yeah, well, I, they're like kind of, um, at this point, they're like, okay, Frankenstein's cool, he's fine. And um, they're in the clubhouse, and they start showing him like stuff and they show him it's like one of the old like ben cooper masks of frankenstein oh, and like if he gets all sad and i feel so bad for frankenstein especially in this movie where he's just like scary and it's like no you're okay frankenstein you know what you know something that i want to like give this movie a lot of praise for is most of the monsters they stay very true to like they don't really do a lot of tweaking on him like they keep his personality pretty much like how it would be dracula is evil a diabolical one the mummy is just like a monster wolfman's torn between the two person like they really do stay with the classic personalities and types for these characters well it's they not that they did it anywhere near as good as abbott and costello did but to bring up meets frankenstein once again it's that great thing of like what makes Abbott and Costello make Frankenstein so good is that the monsters are treated seriously and Bud Abbott and Lou Costello are just kind of running around them being like zany. But the monsters are never really part of the joke a whole lot. This one kind of does that as well. The monsters are a joke, part of the joke a couple times, but for the most part, they're taken very seriously. But even when they're part of a joke, it's never anything that takes away their menace or anything really, like or their... Yeah. Their different personalities in the nuts. That's kind of taken away some of his power. I don't know because it's you find out he does indeed have a dork. So yeah. like even then he's still terrifying right before and he gets blown up and like repieces himself. So yeah, which I, which answers another great question that's been in horror forever. <laughs> yes. So after that, they're all up there. Frank's sad about the mask and everything. Oh, and I think this is when it cuts to my favorite shot of the movie. And it's What's all that? the kids with the beagle walking hand in hand with Frankenstein down the road, like going into the sunset. That is a great shot. I like that a lot. I've heard a lot of people criticize about like how Frankenstein is in this movie. It's like, oh, I hate that he just like is befriends these kids and he's just like kind of a not real. They're like, oh, he's not true to what he normally was and what I love how he was used in this movie. Yeah, you won't get that complaint from me at all, as I just said. Not in this movie. Um, Dracula and Wolfman are in this like place Dracula's squatting at, and they find the amulet there. Yeah, randomly the amulet. That's what. why. Because it's I... not even like it just randomly dropped out of the wormhole to some random place. 
because Dracula's like feeling along the wall. He's like, I can sense the amulet. And he kind of breaks through the wall a little bit to a hole. And you can see like it's been it's like a wall, a doorway or something that's been like plastered over. And there's all kinds of crosses and like bunches and bunches of garlic all around the amulet. So this has been set up for this. Yeah, it's sealed away and hidden. And all, but the last time we saw the amulet, it was getting thrown into the sky to make a wormhole. So how did this happen and who did it? Because Van Helsing got sucked away into the wormhole too. Yeah, I, again, that's not explained in the slightest. And also, they don't take it. I get Dracula doesn't because of all the crosses and the garlic and stuff. Send Wolfman in there and move it somewhere. They just leave it as they find it. Yeah, exactly. You could easily send Wolfman or any of the other ones in there to grab it. Or, like, get a fishing pole and, like, try to snag it or get a hook. Is it, like, because it repels, like, protects against evil that they can't get it till it's at that weakened point or something? Oh, that must be it, because they have to wait until, like, closer to midnight. Yeah, I wonder if that's legit, because that would make sense then. Okay. Yeah, that tree, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, after that, the we get the... Are you ready for a montage? <laughs> it's an 80s movie. It needs a montage. And it's like, when this kicked in, I sent you a Snapchat of it, and I'm like, 80s montage, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, you knew it was coming in this movie. If, if this movie didn't have a montage of the kids doing zany, important things, I'd be mad. I won't lie. Oh yeah, I love how, like, yeah, like the, um, like, Fonzie kid, like, has stolen all of, like, the one mom's, like, silverware and is melting it down into silver bullets, like, in shop class and, like, making, like, steaks. <laughs> you want to talk about a different time? Can you imagine if you were making bullets in school today? <laughs> that, I... Like, the SWAT would come in and shoot you on the spot. Oh, my God. Like, I remember uh, even this was, you know, 10 years ago, if not a couple years uh, longer than that. I wore um, a Green Day shirt. It was the Kerplunk shirt that has the girl with the flower shirt yeah. on. And she's holding the gun. I wore that shirt to school, not thinking anything of it. And then the I was like almost immediately told, like, you need to like flip that shirt inside out. There's a gun. I'm like, being held by a girl with a flower shirt on. They're like, we don't care. So what I did is I put a post-it note over the gun that said, not a gun. <laughs> yeah ours um, wasn't even that bad you could wear shirts with it wow oh yeah ours was like bad bad like that where like then teachers would like every time one would see that and see the not the gun thing they'd give you that teacher look of like oh fuck you you smart ass yeah i remember the i know we're just talking about old shirts we got in trouble for we'll jump back on but i had the rob zombie one with sherry moon zombie not wearing any clothes on the front like making the sign with your two fingers and licking it, and I got in trouble for that one. That one, <laughs> I kind of walked into that one looking back well, on it. Yeah, you're basically wearing, like, a centerfold on your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was happy. I got it at the Rob Zombie concert. I was having a good time. <laughs> I, I was riding that high out, and yeah, it wasn't a great time. <laughs> How old were you with that shirt? Like 17, probably. Oh, okay. You weren't, like, 12. Yeah, I think it was, like, senior year. Okay. Uh, anyway, all that aside, he's making bullets and steaks in school. That's how we got onto there. Yeah, like, yeah, what we said, yeah, a post-Columbine world, this is not happening. No. Also, they're making business cards, because that's really important right now. Yeah, 
we're t- I love like uh, I just think of like that kid who's like I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'll make us like business cards with like that cool like paper cutter thing. Yeah, which I always thought like I, that needs to be. I don't know if it's ever been used in a horror movie well, but it needs to be an awesome kill with that thing. I can only think of one movie where I've seen it used, and it wasn't even a horror movie. It was the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. I remember seeing that used. Oh, okay. I've not seen that. Yeah, that's the only time I ever saw that used. Because I remember sitting in school all the time, seeing like people use that and being like, that would be a great weapon in a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Dracula has Wolfman now in human form, tied up and drugged. And he has girls in a closet that he walks into, the door shuts. We'll see them again later. Wolfman, yeah, he though... He does. Dracula's always got to have the Dracula brides. He's he's got his entourage of babes. Yeah, exactly. He's putting a new place. Like, no, I don't have mine here. We need to get some. Yeah, he's like, I need to break in this house. Wolfman spits out a key though, and like frees himself and runs to a payphone, calls Detective Dad, and Detective Dad thinks it's a prank, and right then he transforms in the phone booth because it's a full moon. Yeah, because he runs, yeah, he runs to a phone booth, and he's like, I'm the guy you killed the other day! And the dad's just like, goodbye. He has, like, no room for this, like, sh- uh, chicane or, or what, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Um, the Monster Squad are all at the swamp, and the little brother Eugene, as you informed me, drops a Twinkie in the pond. And oh, yeah. did you think this was a setup for something that either got cut or they just changed their mind on? Well, I'm not sure. I boy, I love how like Eugene has a Twinkie and his beagle just wants a bite of the Twinkie and like keeps like nudging it, and it like he drops it in the water. Then he blames the dog. He's like, "Thanks a lot." Like I forget what his name was, the dog. But I wonder if it's I don't remember. There. But I thought this was gonna be a creature from the Black Lagoon setup. You drop something yeah. in the pond. Like I'm surprised they didn't have that. Honestly, well, there is. Which I'm pretty sure that would have been. Does he come out there? Yeah, he pops out really quick because um, the little kid runs back up to the one older kid, Sean, I think. Oh, yeah, but, like, nothing happens. Like, no, I thought just... this was going to be the sh- the showdown with him. No, yeah, he just pops out of the water and then goes right back down. Yeah. He's like, my Twinkie. Patrick and Rudy are talking to Patrick's sister and trying to say, are you a virgin, very poorly they can't get the words out yeah and i love how they finally like uh land on have you ever been dorked yes what okay (laughs) (laughs) and then look like i said these miniature sex offenders that are all so funny blackmail her into their little monster scheme with photos that they took of her from the clubhouse what the fuck? These are the heroes. And one of them is his. One of them is her brother. I know. It makes it even more fucked. And he's just sitting there with a big smile on his face, like I got you, sis. It's like, no, this is fucked up, little brother. Yeah, th- this is bad on you. This, like, oh, she was changing a thing that most of us humans do at some point during the day. It's a normal human activity. Taking naked pictures of your sister, on the other hand, is not. What are you doing, stepbrother? <laughs> um, Frank says, he's back at the swamp with the kids, Master is near, Master wants children dead. They're going to the house. Um, it's Sean, Horace, Eugene, and Frank all go in. And 
Dracula loves his dynamite in this movie. Oh my god, I would never, like, you picture Dracula, like, even using a weapon at all. You're thinking, like, okay, he has his cane sometimes, like, he's gonna bite people, he's gonna hypnotize them. You do not think dynamite. No, if you want to push it even, I could see a sword, just because, like, it fits, like, that castle regal like that era still like dignified like dracula no i don't picture him lighting tnt going boom time and throwing it boom chakalaka no but he loves it in this movie because he sets off dynamite in the basement and the house collapses and when i say the house collapses i mean a tiny section of the ceiling falls right onto frank no one else yeah poor frank this is the worst dynamite ever, or the most oddly specific dynamite. Yeah, and I will, and everyone's like, well, Fat Kid, I forget what his name is, but Fat Kid is like, we need to save him. And I think it's Sean is like, no, we can't save him, we need to move on. And it's like, Frankenstein, like, maybe try a little bit. Like, he was helping you. Exactly, he's on your side. You're meeting one of your favorite characters who's now become your best friend in real life. Yeah, help the dude out. And it's going to be probably a good idea to have a monster on your side if you're going to fight other monsters. Exactly. They're all in there. That happens to Frank. And then Wolfman shows up and we get kind of like a chase around the house with all of them. They're cornered. And what do they do here, Brett? Kick him in the nards. Kick him in the nards. Wolfman doesn't have nards. Yes, he does. Wham. Wolfman's got nards. (laughs) It's like the dawning of a new truth in their heads i love it like oh wow uh the you mean the man that transformed into a probably a man werewolf has testicles wow you don't say but that does settle an argument for them so that's always yeah. nice well because i think they were talking about the wolfman nards a little bit in the beginning too or they were yeah, they were, yeah. Stuff with the Wolfman. Well, they don't yeah. call him Nards then. They call it the Dork, remember? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, Wolfman's Dork. Yes. And now the girls we saw earlier all turn into Dracula's brides, and they're chased by them, Wolfman and Dracula. They pull a statue arm, and they fall into the basement, which apparently they can't follow them down to. Maybe it is that amulet thing, because that makes sense. Yeah, because I guess so, because they were kind of close to it before, but they haven't, like, been hanging around the basement, it doesn't seem, so. No. Um, Sean grabs it, Dracula grabs Sean, and then Horace, in a moment of pure brilliance, but also the fat kids carrying pizza with him, joke, yes. uh, burns Dracula's face with garlic pizza. Yeah, what I love, it's a great little scene of, and I love how they're like, garlic! And it's like, oh, okay, so, and then Dracula has, like, a pizza-shaped burn on his face. Yeah, I do like that, actually, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but I love how, like, of course the fat kid has, like, a pizza and tinfoil just in his pocket at all times. Yeah, it's the 80s. No, it also, well, to go back to Napoleon Dynamite, it reminds me of Napoleon when he had the tater tots in his pocket. <laughs> it does. <laughs> He's eating them in class, and I love the one guy's like, Come on, Napoleon, give me some tots. He's like, No, get your own. Gosh. And he kicks them. <laughs> he smushes all of them. It's like, Freaking idiot. I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. I still remember all of it. Oh, yeah. Well, that was such a huge part of like middle school for me. Like, everyone was obsessed with that movie. Yeah. Uh, they get out of the house, and right when they escape, the rest of the monster squad. Minus Frankenstein. So, Rudy, whatever kid was with him, 
Sister Phoebe, and Scary German Guy are all there. Yes. Oh, thank God, Scary. And they keep calling him Scary German Guy, even to his face. <laughs> it's like, my, my name is Hans. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a little nicer to me. I'm trying to help. I did read your book, and I have a reflection. Get away from us, you Nazi. I am not a Nazi. <laughs> they make a plan to go to the church in town because monsters hate religious stuff. Never comes into play. At all. Doesn't help them at all. They can't in even fact, get inside it attracts the church. Them. Yes. They're on the scary German guy's truck leaving, and Mummy jumps into the truck. Yeah, which is, is another thing, another great question that's answered. It's like, how do you kill the mummy? You unravel him. Because he's just held together with all that. Because they tie some of his tape, or band, I guess bandages, I'm just used to calling it tape from still being a kid, to yeah. the arrow. They fire the arrow, he unravels, and his head just kind of rolls away. And I did text you during this moment, if you recall. Oh, uh, no. I said, Brett, do I count the mummy in Count of the Dead? Right. And we came to the conclusion, which I used for all the monsters, by the way. Gilman's the trickiest one, but I'm going to count him anyway, so just letting you know. Most of these were at least people at one time, so yeah. this is the final death, so it's counted as the death. Yeah, I would agree with that. Gilman's sentient thing, I was, eh, I just went ahead and counted them, though. He's humanoid, kind of, yes. so. That all depends on my mood, whether we count those or not. Exactly. It, it's all up to count of the dead, ah, ah, ah. We cut back to Main Boy's house, like, with the cop dad and everything, and Dracula shows up and throws more dynamite at the clubhouse and blows it up. Um, the husband and his partner come home, like, his police partner, and they're like, hey, stop! The partner's not on the car yet, Dracula dynamites the car, blows it up, killing the partner. He hasn't bitten one person this whole fucking movie, Brett, but he uses dynamite like a crazy guy. Yeah, and I think we only ever see his fangs once. Yeah. And real quick, you said about like him blowing up the clubhouse. I real quick want to mention this clubhouse. How fucking awesome is that? Oh, it is really cool. I like, like it. I love that tree house. Like I had a tree house when I was little and it was it had like walls and like a kind of a roof, but it was nowhere near like this awesome where you could actually like leave stuff in there and it would be okay because like in the back they have like a zombie poster like the Italian movie. Yeah. And they have all this, like, great Frankenstein shit. They have, like, it looks like um the lobby pictures from, like, the theaters of, like, all of these old, like, I saw a Bella Lugosi Dracula up there. They have all the old Frankenstein, you know. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I like it a lot. It's a shame it got blown up, but yeah, this is a nice clubhouse. We, we've covered those a lot lately, haven't we? Yeah. Like, because Hereditary had a bunch of clubhouse stuff. Oh, yeah, that is true, but that clubhouse was scary. Yes. So, yeah, the partner blows up, the dad shoots at Dracula, and the bullets have no effect, and kind of just go through him, transforms into a bat, and flies away. The cop husband, like, runs into the house, I think, at this point. I think and so. At one I'm of not these, sure what he about the one of these scenes like around this time he runs into like their house and it's like not ever mentioned and it's like but it's a little like background thing of like the wife has packed all of her bags and they're all at the door yeah like she's ready to leave like right now yeah which you should be well no like i mean like she's like divorcing her husband oh i got you now yeah, yeah. but i think 
her seeing him fighting a vampire kind of changes that. Like, yeah. she's like, okay, yeah, I get what you do. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe there's something like, yeah, go save our son. Like, we can work, like, on our marriage in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The vampire brides show up outside the church where our squad is, and the sister who is was blackmailed into all of this can't read the German very well. And by her time, Rudy's like, I got this. I'm in the club, ain't I? And goes out to fight the vampires. And I thought, realistically, he should just get his head torn right off. Right there. Oh, yeah. But I know the kind of movie we're watching. And he does stake them. Like, he takes them down. Well done, Rudy. I love the first one. Like, he uses the like the bow and he shoots the stake into her. And, like, she dies. And then the next one's coming up. And he just starts fumbling around until it, like, gets right on top of him. Yeah. And we don't actually see him get the third one, but later we see her laying there too. So yeah, well, yeah, I love that's when the cops come and Rudy's just like, like kneeling in front of like three dead bodies, and you could see him almost starting to realize like, whoa, 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 like these weren't people. <laughs> <laughs> this does not look good. But like you said, the cops are showing up there. The dad shows up and sees the bat flying and that knows it's Dracula, shoots him, and then they go find him up in like the building. I think. I don't know what building it is, but that he, like, landed in. And he's, like, in half bat form. Yeah, and it's really weird looking. Yeah, I don't know if I like it. No, it's really, yeah, it's really odd. And, like, he's, like, well, it's, like, a, he half looks like a person, but he doesn't have pants on and he's all hairy. Yeah, it's it's unnerving. Uh, him and his son go up there and they're about to dynamite him. And then Wolfman shows up. Uh, then they push Wolfman out the window, but right before they put the dynamite they're going to use on Dracula in his pants and blows him up from the crotch area, which is insult to injury. Yeah, once again, Wolfman's nards get damaged. <laughs> yeah, they really wanted to neuter that dog in this. <laughs> Thanks, I'm here all week. Uh, but, <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. On the ground, Wolfman, we do see him start reforming because you need a silver bullet or Wolfsbane, but they don't know that one for some reason. But that's like what we said earlier. It's that it's that thing of uh, ever since the Lon Chaney Jr. movies, it's like only Wolfsbane or a silver bullet can kill a werewolf. It's like, OK, but what if you like freeze him or like set him on fire or like drown him? Like, can you like tie like a rock to his ankle and like throw him in the river and he's just going to be alive at the bottom of the river forever? Jason style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Ooh, Wolfman versus Jason. Will never happen, but I would love it. That would be great. And, like, they're getting really good at that, like, Uncanny Valley, like, making dead celebrities, like, faces, like, kind of move okay now. It's it's half and half. Some look terrible, some look really good. Get Lon Chaney Jr. back to fight Kane Hodder Jason. <laughs> he has a son, and I bet you uh, son Chaney would be completely okay with it. He, why? Sure, go ahead, but why? Because it's awesome. Because they, that's what you could do. They're like, we're trying to figure out different ways to kill the Wolfman. So they, they, and it just so happens to be at Crystal Lake that they're like, we're going to try to drown him. And then like, it's, you get it like an underwater battle between the Wolfman and Jason, like while they're both like chained, like beside each other. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Be, it might be cool. <laughs> they could I'd come out it. real bad too, but I'd see it. It couldn't be worse than him going to New York. Uh, if he was in New York the whole time, you know you would have loved it. That's We'll talk about that later. Cause... 
Uh, back on the ground outside the church, the sister completed the spell, but nothing happened. And it turns out she's not a virgin because Steve didn't count. She's like, well, kind of, but Steve doesn't count. And it's like, yes, he does. You know, in her defense, she was pressured into answering a very personal question when she's like still a teenager by these guys. I don't blame her. Like, and she probably didn't believe any of their dumb shit was true. So, yes, I am, of course. Yeah, how they, well, I guess the only, what, in her mind, what's going on? They're like, we're blackmailing you to, you're going to read this book in German and hold this amulet. And she's yeah. like, okay, and why? She thinks she's playing along with her dumb monster games. And then Wolfman reforms, and the cops show up, and then they fight Wolfman. Rudy shoots him with the silver bullet from the cop's gun, loads it in there. He transforms back into Uncle Rico and dies. Yeah, and I love how he's like, thank you? Like, he's like, because the Wolfman is another, like, one that I've always felt really bad for, like Frankenstein, of, he doesn't want to be a monster. No. Even in, like, the original ones, from the very beginning, Lon Chaney Jr. was very, like, torn between, like, I I just need someone to kill me so I can stop becoming this creature. You know, he's very much like, I'm trying to help you people, listen to me. By the way, Rudy gets, like, the most kills on all these things. He took down three vampires, Wolfman. Yeah, this 14-year-old boy is going to have some, like, shit to work through later in life. Or he's going to use this as bragging rights for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, he never has to pay for a drink at a bar again once he turns 21. Yeah. Next, the creature from the Black Lagoon, creature from the sewer, comes out of the sewer, put kills at least two cops. Right. And... Horace just shoots him with a gun and kills him. Yeah, well, this is, yeah, the bullies uh, from earlier are, like, in a shop. And Horace backs up to the door with the shotgun. And he's, like, banging on the door. They're like, let us, let me in, let me in. And they're basically like, fuck off, fat kid. And he turns around with the shotgun. And I guess, like, the Gill Man is just that simple to kill. Where, like, he just puts a shot in his chest and he dies. Yeah, I was a little upset about that. I wanted more respect for my boy. But I do love when the bullies come out and they're like, holy shit, that's awesome, fat kid. Thank you so much. And he's like, my name's Horace. And he cocks the shotgun. (laughs) All badass like, yeah. And now it gets to, they determine that Phoebe, the little sister, is a virgin and should read the spell. Look, I am aware she would be, yes, do we have to make this so uncomfortable <laughs> that we're referring to, like, the six- or seven-year-old girl as the virgin? She's yeah. never had sex. And to make it creepier, scary German guy is the one who comes to this conclusion. I'm like... No, no. Um, it was Eugene. Because, are you sure? Yeah, because... um, You saw it recently, like, closer than I did, so I'll take your word on it. I just saw it, yeah, right before we... uh recording oh you know you're right because he's helping her with a reading that's what it is i got those two mixed up yeah because they're like we need to find a virgin we don't know where we're gonna find one and eugene goes is she a virgin and the scary german guy is like yes yes she is like he's excited about it (laughs) yeah that's what it was that's why i got mixed up but still uncomfortable (laughs) yeah i don't want to think about that but they have her start reading the spell and Dracula shows up right as she's doing that, and cops cannot stop him. Count of the Dead factoid again. I did not count all these as dead, because some of them simply were knocked over. Other ones yeah. were very clearly killed. So, 
I just yeah. love the onslaught of cops that just keep showing up to go battle Dracula. And he's just like waving them aside, basically. Like, with like, he's like taking them out with like one punch. Yeah, it's they're basically lined up single file to fight him. Yeah, and it's so funny how they just keep showing up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where they're coming from. There's not more cars pulling in or anything. And then, what the hell was this? Because Dracula laser blasts scary German guy. Yeah, where he's Hadouken! <laughs> and then he says, Give me the amulet, you bitch! Dude! Not cool, Dracula! I love where, like, well, real quick, like, to go back, like, a step, when scary German guy is helping little girl read the German words, and, like, Dracula shows up, I love she looks up, and she has this, like, hmm, it's like she makes a little sound, and she's, and old uh, scary German guy's like, Don't look at him, let's keep reading! Like, <laughs> And then, yeah, I love where, and then even like, okay, so he dispatches of scary German guy, Dracula yes. does, and goes up to the little girl and is almost like nice to her at first, and then just grabs her by the head, lifts her up like above his head, and like you said, it's just like, give me, you, give me that amulet, you bitch! And she's like, ah! And it's just, and then that's the only time you see the fangs. Yeah, the whole movie. But... She's saved by Frankenstein's monster, shows up, saves her, and says, bogus, and throws Dracula onto a fence spike. Which, okay, I don't know what counts as a stake. Does a fence spike count as a stake? Well, I thought it had to be a wooden stake. Okay, me too. All right, then. Well, I thought, I it don't doesn't think kill him, but it does injure him. It's going to, yeah, it injures him, but it's not going to kill him, I'm going to say. Okay. Um, she finishes the spell, and then the portal opens up, and Dracula's being sucked in, but he grabs Sean, I'm taking you with me. Doesn't say that, but probably thinking it. But then Sean stakes him for real in the chest. I'm assuming this kills him, just not right away, wouldn't you say? Because he got staked yeah. in the chest. Yeah, he okay. gets staked. I mean, it depends on the vampire movie. Sometimes it's immediate, sometimes they scream for a while. Yeah, because after he stakes him, Van Helsing shows up, grabs Fuck. Dracula... From flashes them. I don't know. Flashes the kids a thumbs up and they're both sucked in. Fuck Van Helsing. Yeah. He let children fight his war and fight his war better than him. Shows up at the last second to take the credit. No, fuck this guy. Yeah, the only thing I can think is that like Van Helsing was in that like limbo world that they opened up. But yeah, though, yeah, all he did was like grab him around the neck, give the kids like this really weird thumbs up and he also once again looks like a madman yeah <sighs> and whatever screw this guy the kids did it better oh yeah they get uh, van helsing and dracula get sucked back into the portal but i do think it's kind of cool where it looks like they're almost battling while they're getting sucked in as well oh yeah just like eternal conflict between the yeah. two of them and then Frank's being sucked in as well, and is all sad and everything. Go Phoebe, and she throws him a stuffed animal that he catches and oh. takes with him. I for oh fuck, I forget what the uh, dog's name, the little stuffed dog's name was, because he says it at one point. I don't remember. Yeah, he like looks at it and says it all happy. But that's I actually shed like a little bit of a tear at the end of this movie when I was watching it because I felt so bad for Frankenstein, and then when Phoebe throws him like, her little stuffed dog, and he catches it, and he's all happy. I'm like, poor Frankenstein. Like, he never asked for any of this. I know, he was dead and got experimented on. It's not his fault that his brain's wrong. 
And the National Guard shows up, but everything's oh. over already. Like, what happened here? And Sean gives them a business card. It says, we're the Monster Squad. This is a great, uh, because earlier Eugene with the, the kid, little kid with the beagle is writing a letter to the army. And it's basically like, please, army, come and help us. Monsters are here. Eugene. Oh, yeah. And he like folds it up and he has like the dog lick the envelope and he mails it away. And I love like the, yeah, the entire army shows up and they're like, who's Eugene? And he's like, I am. And it's like, where's the monsters? And then it was, uh, then that's when he says again, he's like, um, mommy was in my room and he just walks yeah. away. <laughs> what the hell did we watch today, Brett? But it's fucking fun. Oh, it's very fun. Like I said, I might have came off overly negative, but I've tried to give all my props to the parts I really like, too. Well, because there's no part of this movie. I would not say this is anywhere near, like, a perfect movie. No, as we'll get to in a little bit. But it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's great for, like, the October Halloween season, because you get all of the monsters together at once for the very first time and only time. Yeah, it really, and look, I know they tried it again when they tried launching that, the Dark Universe, and they were going to do all of it, and then they fucked it up by starting with a Tom Cruise mummy movie. Um, yeah. Fuck you, Tom we'll, Cruise. We'll never see it again, I don't think. Well, we got a great Invisible Man movie. We did. Now, that's the kind of stuff they should focus on if they're going to do this. Give it to Bloomhouse. 100%. Um, so you want to get into end of stuff? Yes, well, let's get into it, Greg. Alright, so let's hit Count of the Dead here. So if you don't know the Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead, is where we tally all the deaths in the movie, and then we add it to the deaths in every movie we've ever done to get a nice big number. Last episode, we did Trick or Treat, which left us at a Count of the Dead of 629. Where do you think Monster Squad left us? I mean, there were quite a number of... There was quite a few deaths in this, I would say. Yeah, not like... We're not talking malignant levels here. But there's, there's some. Uh, I'm going to say 11 count of the dead. Uh, uh, uh. So you're going 11. You're very close. We got 13. Oh, fuck. Oh, lucky 13. Yep. So which brings us to a count of the dead of 642. Nice. On our way to 700. Yeah. Quicker than you think. Are we the 700 club? Oh, God. <laughs> if you could only send us a dollar a day, we can help you pray. What do we got next? Well, every week Greg does his Count of the Dead, ah, 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 which is most appropriate this week because we do have a vampire. Yes. The Count, um, and I like to do my rating system, but I do not do stars or thumbs up because Joe Bob Briggs does stars and Joe Bob is sacred, especially right now because as of this recording, the brand new special just came out, which, little side thing, it's super weird the movies they picked for a Halloween special. <laughs> What they end up picking? I didn't get to watch it last night. They did Angel, which is about a 15-year-old girl who's an honor student a day, and she's a prostitute at night. Okay. And she's, like, fighting a serial killer. And then they did Terror Train that has Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, Terror Train's cool. But it, that's a New Year's Eve movie. True. Yeah, that is an odd pick. But uh, like Joe Bob says, it wasn't his fault. It was his guest because he had Jason Bloom on. And I forget who the other guy is who was doing the he's doing the Halloween, Halloween kills, Halloween ends. What's he look like? Or is he uh, from anything else? Generic guy. Oh. I, I don't um, I forget what his name is, but he's like, 
I told, gave them a list of movies to pick from, and these are the movies they picked. So if you want to blame anyone, blame them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because Joe Bob's Sacred, I don't do stars. And Cisco and Ebert did stars, and they can go fuck themselves so hard with one of these uh, wooden stakes from this movie. Nice way to tie it in. Because they shit on Friday the 13th and most horror movies, and they gave out addresses to of the actors and actresses from Friday the 13th movie, saying, send these guys some shit. So you know what? Here's some shit from beyond the grave. Fuck you guys. My biggest thing, like I said, is, look, I don't agree at all, but if you don't like Friday the 13th and you're a film critic, whatever, I, I, I can... I don't get it, but whatever. But when... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, when you're like, this is a pointless movie that served no plot and has, and it's in the Library of Congress as like protected film works because yeah. it's so like good. That's where I'm like, fuck you guys. And that's why every, at the end of every episode is dedicated to saying, fuck you, Cisco and Ebert. All right. Um, so. I like to do something from the movie one through 10, and I don't pick that thing until now, but I'm kind of lying because we all know what I'm going to pick for this movie. I I know, yeah. I, you know what? I didn't actually even consider it until right now. So what is it? It has to be Wolfman Nards. Yeah. So like one Wolfman Nard Nards is like it's like a weird like cross of a Wolfman where it's like a dachshund though. So it's like really weird looking and not scary at all. In the eighties, did they call dachshunds dork dogs instead of wiener dogs? Oh, that'd be oh dork dogs. That's awesome. <laughs> And I would say um, well, 10 Wolfman Nards would be like, I'm going to give it to Lon Chaney Jr.'s Nards because I love him so much <laughs> in those Universal mo Monster movies. He's good in everything that like, I've seen him in. He's always top notch and he's like the A plus Wolfman. Yeah. I'm going to give this six Wolfman Nards out of 10. Okay. Um, it's a good movie. I watch it every year, sometimes a couple times a year. And it's usually around this time, you know, Halloween and whatnot. Because it's great because it brings all the monsters together. I love the look of the monsters. I don't like all of the kids' stuff. Some of it's all right. But it also saves it because it has a really cute dog. Yes. So that's why I'm kind of sitting at a six. It's above passing for me. I'm really close to you. I am also above passing. I am right above passing, though. I am five and a half Wolfman Nards. Okay, very fair. I would agree with that. Pretty much everything you said would apply to me, just a little less for me. But like, I still watch it quite a bit. It's I don't know if it's an every year, but it's at least every other year I'll put this on type deal. Usually around Halloween. Not too much any other time of the year, though. But yeah, five and a half Wolfman Nards. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Well, um, at the uh, end of every episode in October, we are doing Throbbing with Horrors Offering to Sam. And that is Sam from Trick or Treat and Sam Hain. And this is basically us throwing out little questions and keeping us in the Halloween mood all month long. Yes. So, Greg, this week I would like to ask you, what horror character would you take trick or treating when you were a kid? Oh, this is good. And I have my answer. Okay. I'm taking Chucky. Oh, okay, why? Because Chucky would be an unassuming doll to most people, and right. then Chucky can sneak and get me much more candy than I would be permitted to get on my own. <laughs> oh, so at this point, so Chucky is like, I'm done with murdering for tonight, I'm gonna help this, like, nine-year-old Greg get some extra candy. 
Well, if he's going trick-or-treating with me, I'm assuming any of these characters are game for what we're doing. So, yeah, right. I'm taking Chucky. Okay, that, and, like, he's a, and he's unassuming because he could act like the doll at first, and then, like, the parent, like, turns around at the door to get the candy and turns back around. It's like, oh, where'd Chucky go? Exactly. No one's going to suspect anything. I'm not going to get the stingy people, like, aren't you a bit old to be trick-or-treating if, like, Jason walks up to the house with me? Yeah, I'm going Chucky. Okay, I I can see why. At first, I was like, "Why Chucky?" Now I get it. What about you? Who are you taking? I'm honestly going to take Frankenstein, but Frankenstein from Monster Squad. Okay. Because look at like he's it seems like such he's like seems really chill to hang out with. He's not scary really, but like if you went around with him trick or treating, everyone's just gonna think like, "Oh my God, he's hanging out with a dude that has like an amazing." frankenstein's monster costume on and then i could be like dr frankenstein oh good that that would work well oh, hopefully that doesn't trigger the monster and he starts starts like rawr, rawr, sure you like might, you might die <laughs> yeah um maybe i should do uh igor because he seemed to uh have more fun with bella lugosi yes but no yeah i would think that i would do frankenstein from monster squad just because he's super nice and i feel like the um i might end up getting more candy even just because either a he's like the parents are scared of him or b they're gonna be like oh my god that's such an amazing costume here's more yeah okay i i see this and i'm with it so that is uh this week's throbbing with horrors offering to sam well done so if you guys haven't noticed by now we are doing double every week this month for october so two movies coming out per week so do you want to know what our next episode is? I cannot wait. So fun fact, we did a poll and we put four options up. This is the first time we ever did this. We said, what movie do you want us to cover? We each picked two. They were Mars Attacks, Lords of Salem, Body Bags, and Bride of the Monster. Yes. It ended in a tie between Mars Attacks and Body Bags. So for proof to you that I didn't fake <laughs> it, I video called you and did a coin flip between the two. And had he called in the air... You picked Body Bags was one of your picks. I picked Mars Attacks was one of mine. You got it right, so Body Bags will be our next episode, which, as I've mentioned on here, I've never seen before, so I can't wait to do it. Yeah, Body Bags is amazing. Um, it's on Shudder, if you guys haven't ever seen it before. Um, Shutter, it's Also on Tubi, I checked, where it is, oh, nice. so I can let people know. So it is for free on there, and that's free service. So all of you guys are now required to watch it. Yeah, because, I mean, the only thing I really need to say is John Carpenter as a horror host. Yeah, I mean, even the directing, it's John Carpenter and Toby Hooper together. It, what more could you want? And we get, uh, I forget which Raimi it is, but we get a Raimi in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun time, so that'll be coming out for the next episode. Yes, I cannot wait for that. And that's all I got, pretty much. Shall yeah. we run the end of the episode stuff? Yes, all right, so if you want more of me, I'm also on another podcast called Geek Positive that drops on Mondays. If you want to follow us, we do have a TikTok. You can watch Brett post videos of what he's watching and other spooky stuff. We have a Twitter at Throbbing. Is that one with or just Throbbing Horror? At Throbbing Horror. At Throbbing Horror. We have an Instagram at Throbbing with Horror. There's a Facebook group and a Facebook page, Throbbing with Horror. Basically, search us on any social media and you will find us. And please leave us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on helps us more than you can imagine. So real quick for you, helps us a ton. Yes, thank you, guys. Is that it? That's all I got. 
All right. Well, we hope that uh, Monster Squad has left your brain throbbing with horror.